Welcome to the Life Church St. Peter's Message of the Week. We hope you're encouraged by today's message and encounter God's heart through it. To find out more about us, visit lifechurchstpeters.com. Right. And I would like to ask you to help me welcome John Block. Hi. Is it working? Awesome. What a time of worship. Mm, I, I love God. I love Him so much. He loves me so much. He loves you so much. Uh, I, almost, I almost said, Greg, can I just get up and do this? Because <laughs> what I'm going to share with you this morning has changed my life in the last just few years. And it, it, may, be, it may seem simple, and it kind of is, and it's something that we all kind of know, but yet it's so profound. It, has, it is so profound when you, get, when you grasp it, when you get a revelation of it, when, you, when it becomes clearer and clearer to you. So I want to start out by asking you a question. Do you know in Luke 15 it says, all of creation, or all of heaven rejoices when one sinner gets saved? you ever stop to think about why? I mean, why they rejoice? There's a reason. Yeah, you know, well, yeah, they're God's angels. They're doing what they're supposed to do. But there's a, there's, there's a reason. I, I believe there's more to it than that, that these, that these angels know the whole story. They know what it was like before everything. Do you ever wonder what it was like, what happened before, before Genesis 1? You, ever, you know, did you ever uh, ask yourself, why did God make all this? That's, the, that's the, really the big question today is, why did God make us? Why did he do this? Why did he make me and you? You know, most, pe- most people don't know. And or they maybe think they know, but they don't know. And it's a shame because there's a lot of people that need to know why God made us. There's, there's all these things. We look out in society, we see things like depression, suicide, hopelessness. But that's not the way that God made this. That's not what he designed this to be. And we'll talk about that. Let's look in the Bible. Now, there's a, there's a thing called the law of first mention. And that's a, that's a term used in hermeneutics. Anybody know hermeneutics? I went to high school with them. <laughs> no, her, hermeneutics is the, a big religious word for studying the Bible and interpreting what the Bible says. And there's a law that is used, there's a law first mentioned. If some, when, the, when it's first mentioned in the Bible, it, take a look at it because it's important. Now, the Bible itself, if you read the first three or four chapters of Genesis, the whole of the Bible is revealed there. Now, it's explained out as it goes, but the basic truths are right there. So we're going to start at the beginning, okay? And I'm going to read some scripture here. I'm going to grab my water. In Genesis 1, 1, I'm going to read a few verses here, and then we'll skip some things, and we'll go on, but... Genesis 1.1, and this is familiar to everybody. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. 
Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good. And he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, there was morning, first day. And God said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it. And it was so. God called the vault sky, and there was evening, and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered into one place, and let dry ground appear. And it was so. Let the water under the sky be gathered into one place, and let dry ground appear. And it was so. I said that. And God, and God called the dry ground land, and he gathered the waters, he, and the gathered waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And then God said, let the land produce vegetation and, and seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit and seed in it according to their various kinds. And it was so. The point I'm making here is this. He says, let there be. He speaks it. And it was. Boom. He spoke it. And it was. That's, God can do that. That's how important his word is. He speaks it. And it is. He doesn't say an idle word. That's another sermon. And then let's read on to skip up to verse 23. And there was evening, there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, the livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. And God made the wild animals um, uh, according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. So he says, let there be, let there be, let there be. Now watch what he does. He was, he was, he was preparing something. All of this let there be, let there be, let there be. He was, he was preparing something for some, something. This was a culmination. This was a buildup. This was, and uh, anyway, I'll get to this, back to that in a second. It excites me. Then God said, listen to this, let us make man in our image and in our likeness so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves along the ground. And then if we skip on over to Genesis 2, verse 7 and 8, now this is basically a recap. God is doing a recap of what he did in the first chapter. He's given a little more detail to it. And the Lord formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. And then the Lord had planted a garden in the east in Eden where he placed the man that he had just formed. So this is the creation account and it's, we're, all, we're all familiar. 
we're all familiar with it. I want to stop a minute and think about what was going on before that. What had happened before that? Because I don't want to dwell on that real long because there's all kinds of things that, you know, you know this and you know, a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of little theories and theologians can argue over these things. But there are some things that we know. And we know that there was, God had, God had made heavenly hosts and there were angels. And there was one angel that decided to rebel. And he took a third of heaven with him. Now that was catastrophic. It was a horrible thing. And there was judgment. God judged him and he cast him down. He cast him down to earth. And that's where we get into the theories, well, why was the earth formless and void? And again, I'm not going there. It doesn't matter. What, the, what, what matters is, is that this, this event happened in there. So there was, there, there was this catastrophe that had happened in heaven. And I'm sure the other two-thirds of the angels were going, what in the world is going on? And I'm, I think the first third of the angels that, 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 that rebelled were kind of saying, you know, this is frustrating. What is this? What is this? And then all of a sudden, God begins to hover over this. And they're looking on. I, I, they didn't, I don't believe they knew what was happening. They're looking on and they're saying, what's he doing? Can you imagine that? What's he doing? I mean, he's moving. He's hovering over something. He's speaking again. What's he going to do? And they were looking on intently and excited. Some were, some were dreading. Others were looking on intently. And, he, and, and then, so then he begins to speak, let there be, boom, there is. Let there be, boom, there is, boom, boom. And he's preparing for something. So then he stopped and he said, he, you know what I think he said? I think he said this, if you can do this in 21st century. He, he looks around all these heavenly hosts, he says, now watch this. Watch what I'm going to do next. I think this was going to be the, the greatest thing he's ever done so far. And there really wasn't time before that. So, I, you know, I don't want to, you know, we think of everything chronologically. But this, this, is, this is something's going to happen. He's going to do, and this is going to be magnificent. And he said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. That's a big deal. The word there, it says, the word for make in the Hebrew means fashioned. So he's saying, he's speaking all this other stuff, but he said, this one, this thing, I'm going to do myself. I'm going to do this with my own hands. And he reached down and he fashioned man. He scraped the dirt together and he, and he, he took time. He, he it was attention to detail. He was, this was, this was, this was what I want to do. And it said, uh, and, and really, again, this is the only thing. This is the only thing that he's ever done that he's ever created in his likeness and image. You and me. In his likeness and image. Um, what, is that, what does that mean? And when you look at the Hebrew words, it means a resemblance or representative. It means similar. And it talks about a shadow or like a model of. I don't know, folks, but I think we look like him. I mean, we're our, we, we look like him. That, that's why what, 
That's why we have what we have. That's why we're creative as humans. It's all these different things. We're like him. We're made in his likeness and image. This is cool. He did this. Why did he do this? Well, let me just mention a couple other things that he did. And then, and then it says he breathed his life into, man, into him. Now, when you look at the Hebrew in that, it means he put his face to, to, to this man's face. It was, it was nose to nose, mouth to mouth, and he kissed his life into this thing. This thing was important. He had not ever done that to anything else or for anything else. It's, it's what he did for humankind. Now, what, what does this start to make you think about? Does this think about maybe there's big value in this creation that he's done? This means a lot to him. You and I mean a lot to him. And then and it's the breath of life. That's a significant word there, too. It's like a powerful infilling of his life. It's a transference of his life into this being. Your, our life comes from God. Our, our existence comes from him. It's not for anything from us. It's not something that happened by chance. It's not something that happened by accident or evolved or anything like that. It, we have life. We have his life in us. That's a big thing. And then he made a garden for them. Again, he prepared this garden with his own hands for them. <clears throat> All of this was done for the man and the woman he had just formed or built. And, and they walked together with him. They, they, he, he had relationship with them. Why did he do all this? Because he's love. He wants, he wants someone that he can love that's like him. He wants a family. He's a father. This is the basis of, of this is the basis, folks, of everything. That's why we're here. He wants a family. He wants children. Yeah. And he wants, he, he, it's for love. It's rooted in love. John 4 says, God is love. Yeah. We're going to talk about a few other scriptures here that talk about the love of God. The love, the lo it's, it's a, it's, that's, the love is the basis. And he wants a family. Here's the other thing. He wants his family to love him back by choice. Now that is, a, that is an incredible miracle. That is an incredible thing. Only God can, can, can make someone who, can, who is alive and who, ha, who he gives a choice to love him back. Now that's, that's our part. That's what, that's what we do is we, need to, we choose to love him back. Think about what it would be like to be a father that you make your kids love you. Well, God could, you know, I know, I know we always have these thoughts. God could have made, God could have just made everything right for me. He could have made me believe. He, you know, it would have been easy for me. How boring would that be? That would be a machine. And we understand that, I believe, because we're like him. We have, we are like him. We under, we understand, we don't want, we don't, we don't want our relationships to be a machine. I, you know, my relationship is with my pickup truck. 
because it loves me back. Well, I think, I think it might, when it breaks down, it's not loving me back. <laughs> so anyway, <clears throat> this is, this is the, pe the, the, the peak, the zenith, the, the, the zenith of what he's done is that he made, he, he, he made children. He birthed children that he can love. He wants a family, not slaves, not employees, not business associates. He wants children. It's, a, it's family stuff. It's not, it's, it's, it's not utilitarian, folks. It's, it's heart to heart. That's what he wants. And that's all that matters to him. Do you know that? I believe that's what matters to him is our heart. Um, based in love. I was thinking about a family. And I was thinking, man, I'd like to have an example of a good family. And I thought of the Madeirai. Or the Madeiras, excuse me. <laughs> this is plural, you know. So <laughs> I thought of the, the Madeiras. Um, you know, they're a unit. If you, you watch them sometimes, you watch them interact with their kids. They're, they, they, they're a unit. Mom and dad lead by teaching and example. They, they prize their children's uniqueness. I guess I think uniqueness is a, a real word, but they prize their children's. Uh, uniqueness, how, how they're all different from one another, yet they're all the same somehow. Isn't that amazing? Um, and the ingredient that flows in abundance in that household is love. They love each other. They do things together. They have fun together. They face challenges together. And I know, too, that they go on adventures together. I was thinking about that. You know, God had, God's got, we're his family, okay? He's created us. You know, he's got an adventure for us, too. And it was what we read. And it's in Genesis um, uh, 128. It says, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and renew it. Or, and, and fill the earth. Uh, let's read it here. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky and over everything that lives on the ground. It says the word there, subdue. The Hebrew word is the word kabosh. You ever hear that? that I don't know if that's a Yiddish word. We're going to put the kabosh on him. But he's saying, he said to this, this, this to mankind, he says, rule the earth, subdue it. Put the kabosh on. What kabosh means to be put down rebellion, to subdue, to put down the rebellion. So what's he talking about? He's talking about this rebellion that happened in heaven. And he's got this man and woman, and he says, you guys deal with what happened here on earth. You, 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 put, you, you deal with it. I'm putting you here to deal with it. That's, that's his adventure for us. Um. And you know what? That absolutely incensed the devil. You know why? The Bible says, and I guess we could read this. Eh, no, I won't read it. It's probably already over time. It's counting down. Go for it. That, 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 means, that, that means that you've got to stay for at least 12 more minutes. You can, if it's not interesting, you can leave. 
the kibosh on that. Put the kibosh on that. Yeah. Am I? Yeah. Psalm 8, 8, 3 through 5. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. Now listen to this. You made them a little lower than the angels. Now that little thing there kind of, got, kind of gets, gets the devil. He goes, they're lower than the angels. However, you, you, you have made you, the Lord of the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. He's crowned us with a special honor, a special glory. And that makes him mad. That makes the devil mad. And that, folks, is when the war started. And there is a war that he's trying to, 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 to keep us from understanding who we are how we've been made, why we've been made, that he, that he is our Father. Now, I keep using that word, and I'm, I'm probably getting ahead of, ahead of myself. But I keep using the word Father, and I know the word Father is hard to define for some of you in, 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 a, in a nice way. Because Father may actually, the, name, the word Father gives you, uh, I, sure hope, I sure hope he's not like my father was or wasn't. My father, I never knew him or whatever. But I, I'm just, I want, I want you to understand that there is a good father. There's a, there's a real father. That it started in, in, in the real fatherhood, the good fatherhood. And that's why fatherhood today is under attack like so many other things. Because we, we, need, to underst- we need to understand fatherhood. You know, but we know what happened. Mankind made the decision to step away. Man fell. But the father's heart would not let that condition remain. His heart so yearned for mankind that he himself, he himself came as a man. He himself came as a man. Jesus, to redeem mankind. He made a way for us to reconnect with him. His love has never changed, and his plan has never changed. He still says, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it. That's the mission we have and we are, we're on, but it's based in a love relationship. It's a family adventure. It it's, sounds pretty trite. It sounds pretty simple, but it's profound. It's not organizations, and it, but it's an organism. It's something that's alive. It's a relationship. That was, I have a number of scriptures here that I was going to read through. I think I'm going to skip most or a lot of them. But uh, a couple of them I want to read. In 1 Corinthians 13, 8 through 13. It says, love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they cease. This is what I'm talking about, Simple. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, listen to this, where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now, we only see a reflection in a mirror. We, then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, 
then I shall know fully even as I'm fully known. And this is the one I want us to see, verse 13. Now these three remain. After everything else is wiped away, these three things remain. Faith, hope, and love. But look what he says. The greatest of these is love. Let's look at a couple of scriptures. And then they're familiar scriptures to us. I'll just do a few of them here. In light of understanding a little more, I hope you understand a little more, you, you, you have a little more revelation of, of why you're here and why, how much God loves you. He loves, he loves each and every one of us all as if we're his only one, as if we're his only child. He loves each of us. Only God can do that. A good father does that. My dad did that for me. I, I was convinced that every time that I was my dad's favorite. I was so important to him when I was when whatever whatever I wanted, whatever I did, whatever I was doing. I was the most important thing to him at the time. Now my dad wasn't perfect, but that's one thing that he left me with. He left me in. That's that's the way our Father in heaven is. Each and every one of you are his only favorite. He can do that. I don't know how many are there. Billions and billions, but he can do that because he's amazing. Let's look at Romans 8, 38 and 39. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Now, if you look at that, there's a couple, another, another translation that says, nor any other created thing. There ain't nothing made more powerful than the love of God. The love of God is the most powerful force in the universe. The greatest of these is love. It comes down to love relationship. And then Romans 8, 16 and 17, it says the spirit testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, ooh, this is good. Then we are heirs, heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. We are heirs of God, heirs of God, and co-heirs with Christ, an heir is an owner. Now, the, I tell you, these things, will, will they, they kind of sometimes blow your mind. I'm saying, Lord, I, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to do anything arrogant. I don't want to think anything more than I need to think. But he says, he, says, well, he, he just keeps saying to me, he said, this is, this is real, son. This is real. This is true. We are heirs with Christ. We've got what he's got. Right? Amen. Yes. Um, Hebrews 1.3. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. And that's just a, this is just a side thought. If you want to know what the Father is really like, look at Jesus. Absolutely. Because Jesus is... Jesus is, well, Jesus is the expression, the perfect expression, the radiance, the radiance of God's glory and exact representation of his being. 
And, and they read on, sustaining all things by his powerful word, after he had provided, pr provided purification, purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. And let's read also Ephesians 2, 6. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Now, it says Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. And we are seated with Jesus. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father, and we are seated with Jesus. It's, 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 it blows your mind. But it, you know what? It shouldn't. We need to live in the good of what this means. Now, he's the boss. He's the head. We're the body. It's all about, it's, it's, there's, there's, there's leaders in the Madeiras family. It's, but it's understood. They get along with each other most of the time. They get along with each other. There's agreement. We're, we're with God. He lives in us. His Holy Spirit lives in us. Read on. Um, Ephesians 5, 1. It says, follow God's example. And, and there's other translations that, that say, be imitators of God as beloved children. I had a, it just dawned on me. You know, how, you know how little kids will imitate their parents? They do. And this is, this is, this is, this is family stuff. This is, this is, be imitators. Imitate your daddy. And my kids did it. I, somebody told me I did it. My big brother did anyway. <laughs> but no, that, 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 you know, you're walking along, you're holding his hand. You're walking. Gee, Adam, in, was, when he was in the garden, he walked with God until he fell every day. And we walk with our dad. And, and he's looking around. He's saying, you see that over there? Yeah, that's a problem, isn't it? Yeah. You know, why don't you go over there and deal with that? And I'll, and I'll help you. I'll watch you. I'll be here for you. That's, that's the real truth of it. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, okay, let's do one more longer one here. Ephesians 3. I'm going to just kind of skip... Through. 14 and 19, I'll, I'll kind of jump a few things here. But for this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and earth derives its name. There's that word family. We derive our name. Every family derives its name from him. Every family, every human being. And then he, we go on and, and skip down. It says, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how high, how wide, how long and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you, you may be filled to the full measure of all the fullness of God. All the fullness of God. That's why he made us. 
1 John 3, 1 says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. I like that last part. It's a, that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. John 3, 16, and this is, this is everybody's favorite verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. He, who is Jesus? Jesus is, Jesus is as much God as God the Father is God. And it's, that's the, I'll tell you, the guy did a great explanation of that trinity, although everything falls short of what it really is. But this is, this, is, this is God himself saw the problem, knew the problem, knew what needed to, needed to happen. And he said, I am going to go myself. I'm going to go and I'm going to be one of them. And I'm going to be subject to the same things that they are. God himself he said, I'm going to redeem them. That's the God we serve. That's the God who loves us. He gave himself. Nobody else could do it. He said, I'm going to do it. The plan has never changed. Yes. We are sons and daughters of the king of kings. Princes, princesses, if you will. He wants us to rule with him. That's the key, with him. He's always here. But he said, he said to his disciples, when the 5,000 were there and he had to feed them, it's just, it's just a little phrase that caught my attention one time. He said, you know, they came to him and said, Lord, these people are hungry. You know, what are we going to do? And he, you know, he said to them in one of the gospels, he said, you give them something to eat. <laughs> huh? He was teaching them. They were learning. He knew what he was, what he was going to do. But that's what he does with us. You go. We'll go together. We'll do this together. It's not you by yourself. And God says, I don't want it to be me by myself. I created you for fellowship with me. Let's do this together. Son, daughter, dad. Thank you, dad. <clears throat> He's our daddy. Each one of us is his only favorite. Only God can do that. He's always approachable. I want to read 1 John 4, 18 through 19. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. Jesus came. He made, he paid the price. He, 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 he did it. He did what was needed to be done for you and me. He paid our redemption with his own blood. It's already been paid. And yet we make up rules. We, we come up with rules and say, well, yeah, but I got to do this. And I, it's, it's, it's based in his grace through faith. Not by works that anyone should boast, but it's based in his grace toward us. 
And he says, you just have to believe it. You have to believe I've done it. And once, the more we start to believe it, know it in here, we have that, that, that sense in here that, yes, I am clean. I am, I am redeemed. I am righteous because he's made me righteous. Then we become a powerful force. We're sons and daughters of the king. We're royalty with him. Think about that. You might be throwing tomatoes at me here in a minute. But we are royalty with him. It's a relationship. Yes. It's not religion. It's a relationship in a, a, with him. We are owners, heirs. We're not employees. We're alive, not machines. And this is by choice, not compulsion. And here's the biggest word I want to say today. We have dignity. It gives us a dignity. A big one. Not arrogance. Not, you know, I'm in charge of this. But a dignity that carries with a son or daughter of the king of kings. Not slavery. That, that, I, I've, the, the world, there's a, there is a, there is a diminishing of dignity in our world. And I've been to a few places. I know I've had the privilege and honor to go to India a couple of times. And if there's any place where the dignity of humankind has been, has been attacked and, and maligned and, and it's, it's there and it has to do with their religions. They hold other things up above mankind. You know, in, in our country, we can hold things up above mankind. Environment. See, we have a responsibility to the environment. God gave us that. But he said, don't you worship it. You take, you take care of it. You don't, you don't worship. Those things aren't better than you are. You are here to rule them and to maintain them and to tend them, tend the garden. So then the response. How does, this, does the perspective of our relationship with the Father influence how we think of ourselves? Think about that a minute. Who you are. Who, who you are in, in, in how much he loves you, how much you mean to him. Does that change your thinking about yourself? I tell you what, I am very good at not liking myself. I have been, I, I've trained myself well. But when I see these things, it changes me. That's where I said it was a profound change in my life. I have dignity because I am a son of the King of Kings. He loves me. He's my father. He's my daddy. I think about that where in, in, uh, in Esther it is where Esther comes before the king. And she, wasn't, she wasn't, didn't have an appointment. And he's, I can just picture him standing up and looking at her and go, yeah, come on in. That's what God does for us every time. Every time you come to him, he's there. In fact, he's waiting for you. He wants to hear from you. How does this perspective of our relationship with the father influence how we look at our fellow man? The guy driving around out there who's cutting you off or who has to drive fast in the right lane. Of course, he's probably mad at me because he doesn't like the way I'm driving. 
But we're all, every one of us, every human being, saved or unsaved, has this destiny. Yeah. Every one of them. I don't care. I don't, I, I say destiny, this, this possibility. They still have to make the decision. And God's not going to force them. But we need to approach all people in a different way because, first of all, they're as much, uh, they are, I don't want to get, say something wrong here, but they, but they, they have that, they have the same making. It says all the families, all the families of this earth derive their name from him. And then how about our, how about our brothers and sisters in Christ? How does this change that? God's given us all a job to do. He's given us all something to do that only we, only I can do. Only I can do it. As much as I want to be Greg Maurer, I can't do that. It would hurt. <laughs> Greg Maurer has a calling from God for a certain thing. Once you find that, once you, once you get, at least once you settle in that, you, when, when this relationship that you have with, with God becomes this close, with Dad and me walking around, you, you can handle anything. You can handle rejection from people. If people, you know, you say, well, yeah, but he's got, he, he does, he's got more than I got. You can handle that because you've got a relationship with the Father. I'll wrap this up. Um, the most important thing to God is people, especially the redeemed. Uh, a wise man named Greg Maurer said to me yesterday, <laughs> man is the center of God's heart. And that really kind of sums up this whole, this whole message. Mankind is the center of God's heart. Now God wants us, wants you to know how much he loves you and how, and, and how he loves you. And I was thinking this morning about a response to this word that a lot of folks have had fathers that weren't there or that were, that were just bad. God wants to open your heart to him as a father this morning. And I would like, could, I, could the prayer team come up? If you, if, if you want to touch this morning from God your dad, if you want just him to just love on you this morning, you can come on up and we'll pray for you. We'll pray for you for anything. But we'll, we'll pray for you that God gives a revelation to you. And then, and then if you would come up and we want to pray for you, we, want to, we just want God to bless you. We want him to just touch your heart. And take this out with you and meditate on this stuff. Think about this stuff. This is, this is so simple, yet so profound. We, God man, the Bible says God made man upright but he's gone in search of many things. We've complicated so much stuff, but it's simple. Everything else you do, if you have this, everything else, everything else makes sense. Everything else, everything else makes sense. Let's, let's pray. Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you that you love us. I thank you that you love me. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for, for just loving me 
Thank you that you would have done all of this for me. In fact, you did all of this for me. And I thank you for my brothers and sisters here. I just pray, Lord Jesus, that they get to know you more. That they have time where they, where they just dwell in your presence, where they, where they just talk to you. Where they listen, where you speak, where you bless. They go walking together, walk in the garden together. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father God, for your great love. We love you, Jesus. Thank you, God. This stuff is so awesome. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for being our Father. Father, teach me more and more what it means to be a good Father. And what it means that you are my good Father. You are perfect. Thank you, Jesus. So we can dismiss, but if anybody wants us to pray, we'd love to pray with you this morning. Be blessed. Thanks for checking out the Life Church St. Peter's Message of the Week. For more podcasts and additional information, visit us at lifechurchstpeters.com.